0: Hey guys, Brandon here. Uh, this is an episode with my sister Izzy from at saints and society on Instagram. Um, if you are not familiar with her content, please check her out and follow her, give her a follow. I'll give some thoughts about that at the end. Uh, also as a reminder for you. Um, and I also give some thoughts on this conversation, some post thoughts at the end of this episode. Um, so I hope you stay tuned for that. And, and we hope you enjoy this conversation. This conversation is on church hurt and we give that from a Christian and biblical, uh, perspective. Um, and next week, I hope you stay tuned for the episode next week where Darren and I have a, another conversation with our sister, Marsha Montenegro, talking New Age subtleties into the church. and affirmations and all these other things. And there's going to be some shots fired in that episode. So we hope that you tune into that. Please like, subscribe, follow on the respective platforms that you can do that. Please rate and comment um, on your respective podcast platforms because it helps to push out the content. Um, It helps our podcast become more visible to those who would never even cross our path. We thank you guys for your support. We thank you guys for your encouragements. I hope that you are blessed by this episode.
1: So, I think we got a good amount of people here. Yeah. Um, the topic of conversation tonight is church hurt. Mm. Um, and the word church hurt usually has a, I would say, like a progressive Christianity connotation. So mm-hmm. Which I is think it's interesting. Important we de- yeah. So, I, I think it's important we define our terms. But before we do that, I think most people here, I don't know if you guys have been to Brandon's page or have heard of black and blurred podcast but um, I don't know if Brandon you wanted to introduce yourself and just share a little bit about yeah the sure, podcast sure. What you guys
0: do you know it's mm-hmm. very interesting I'll, I'll put this plug in so yes uh, my brother and I we have a podcast called black and blurred um, mm-hmm. the whole premise of our podcast is to one bring clarity to personhood uh, in a general mm-hmm. context and more specific context bring clarity to blackness this new kind of entity that's been created um mm-hmm. and and having those things find their root ultimately in being made in mm-hmm. image of the lord um but then also as christians being found in him first and foremost uh and so everything culture everything uh theology and some a lot of things politics they kind of seem to be mm-hmm. conflated nowadays but um and so that's where we get the title black and blurred from because there's just been this blurriness Uh, When it comes to a lot of these things regarding personhood Mm -hmm. and who we are as humans Um, but interesting tidbit is this podcast was birthed from church hurt So I forgot uh, about that. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's kind of where it all started, huh? Yeah That's wild. Okay, so it's been how long has it been now since you guys started?
0: It's been two years now Two years. Okay Two years Um, Look
1: at that. Look what came from it.
0: That's right. That's right. Mm -hmm. Um we have obviously people are watching now. You can find us on Instagram. We have a YouTube mm-hmm. channel, Black and Blur Podcast. Um and uh our podcast is found on I think all of the major streaming ones, uh, Apple, mm-hmm. Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon. Um uh, on your favorite platform, just look up Black and Blurred.
1: Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Well thank you for joining us today. I guess to get, I should a little bit in the post, but to give a little background. Brandon and Talani and their family are really close friends of ours, Mm -hmm. Um, and Brandon was the associate pastor of the church plant that we had joined, Um, and that's kind of where our our friendship started, and it's actually only gotten closer um, Mm -hmm. since the whole church herd experience, which Mm -hmm. is pretty awesome. So um, that's just to give a little background connection here. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think before we start talking, it's really important to, like I mentioned earlier, define what Church Hurt is, um, because the way the term has been thrown around is in the progressive Christianity circles. Um, it's often associated with deconstruction, um, and it's this catalyst to lead the faith. At least that's how I've seen it presented. And I think it's important as Christians that we see that that's not the only response to um, have to walk away from the faith as Christians or to walk away from Um, the body of christ but yeah what is church hurt in the christian perspective not the carnal have walked away from the faith like how would you define church hurt what is it um, and what is it not
0: um i want to think about specific words to put in it um and i want to say that One who has loyalty ultimately to Christ and through that loyalty, loyalty to his church and elders over that church, and that loyalty is betrayed. So, so, so let me, I'm just going to say that again church hurt. Church hurt is um, having your loyalty to Christ and subsequent loyalty to his church and its elders betrayed. And the reason I use that definition is because when church hurt, quote unquote, supposedly leads to deconstruction. For the Christian, we know that someone who renounces the faith uh, never had it, right? We, we know that. Um, and, and we've also seen that uh, people's renouncing of their faith in Christ has often come—I'm going to be generous and say often rather than all the time—without um, any uh, statements on what they now believe about Jesus, it has everything to do with what happened to them or something someone did to them. Um, but for the Christian, you have made a profession that you, the person who once lived, thought was dead, is is no longer here and is now alive in Christ. And your identity is found in Christ. And you walk with him and follow him and submit to him in the scriptures and you are a part of his church. Um, church hurt dwells within that sphere and that sphere alone. And I think we can deal and, and we can deal with that in a healthy way. Um, so I don't know if you wanted me to keep going on that or did you want me to? do...
1: I guess from there, expanding on what church hurt is not. Mm-hmm. Um, clarify because yeah, it can get kind of be um, there where you have to distinguish between being offended, pride mm-hmm. church discipline.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: So if you don't
0: leading us there. Okay. Um so that I mean there's yeah there's there's a lot. Let me let me try to make this concise. So I think that um certain people associate church hurt with simply being offended when it comes to uh unmet expectations and unhealthy expectations. And so if I put a pin in that really quickly, and I jump out of the conversation of church hurt, and I talk about some things that uh, believers talk about often when it comes to like uh, preaching, uh, right, expository preaching, um, when it comes to worship from a theological standpoint and then how we actually worship, how we sing songs, what's in our songs, what's in those things. All of those things actually are feeding you an expectancy on what the Christ-like, tr- Christ-like life ought to look like. And so the reason why believers have gripes about a very self-centered hermeneutic or interpretation on what it means to be Christian is because then you end up a part of a church and you expect for everyone to revolve around you, orbit around you, and things happen for you, and things are there for you. And then when some, go ahead.
1: Church in like one sentence.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's, that's, yeah, I mean, so you're cutting yeah. in and out, your your sound is cutting in and out a little bit. I don't know if anyone else is hearing that.
1: I'll turn off my headphones. But that, I would say that's the number one problem with church in the U.S. and the West, that it is a very self-centered, me-focused um, Christianity.
0: yeah. 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 So, and from that, I think that we've seen a lot of the popular conversations today, right? So here's an example, and, I, and I'm going to bring this back to what your question was. Um, an example, and I don't know what your listener base is, but some of them might be mad at me about this. Um, I hold to the biblical teaching on the office of pastor, the office of elder, that it is male-led, right? Um I believe that pastoral gifts exist, but there are a bunch of gifts that exist all throughout the church that people don't seem to find joy in. Actually, people also they all just want the office, men and women who who may not be uh, qualified for such an office. But um, one of those conversations, you go to a church and if there's a disagreement that says, hey, do you believe that uh, women can serve in the role as pastor? And then my response is, well, no, I follow what the scripture says about the office of pastor. Now, the reason I gave that definition about loyalty to Christ and loyalty to his church is because even if I believe that I, there are genuine sisters and brothers who, dis, who disagree with me on that, I, I believe that they can be genuine. I, I think they're mistaken, but I think they can be believers. I think they can be believers. But in that conversation, uh, that conversation ends up becoming a jockeying of position for mm. the uh, one or the other to serve their desire in that moment. So Izzy, you come to me and you say, Brandon, I want to be a pastor. And I'm like, well, Izzy, no, the scriptures say this, and this is how I'm leading in this moment right now. And then you you, you know, you get angry with me because I'm not seeing you and I'm not valuing you and I'm not, you know, all the things, all the right. things that happen uh, as a result of that. I stop at that moment and I say, hey, look, it might be hard for you to believe the way I feel about you right now and the way that I see you. I'm going to tell you the truth. I love you and I care for you as a sister, but I'm not right. even going to talk about that right now. Right now what I'm talking about is this My conviction to serve Our king Is for me to follow his scriptures Mm -hmm. This way Would you like me to not do that Or are you telling me To continue in that Because unless you're telling me that I'm living in sin By not letting you be a pastor This is actually a secondary issue And right now My allegiance to the Lord Is letting me lead in the way that his scripture is saying Mm -hmm. So that loyalty to Christ and loyalty to church is important because if Absolutely. you then leave after that moment and you say, you know what, I'm leaving Brandon's church and now my story of church hurt is why I'm no longer in the faith. It's not church hurt.
1: And it's not, it's like what you're saying, it's not rooted in scripture. The foundation isn't building... On God's word it's on my emotions it's what I want it's my expectation of what I think the church should be or what I desire for it to be and it's not biblical correct so then it's just it's conflict but it isn't going back to the word yeah so that's not church hurt
0: yeah no that's not okay. and it yeah. touches on I don't know if you wanted to jump out we don't have to do these now but it's just fresh mm-hmm. on my mind you brought up a you some people were sending you responses and you showed them mm-hmm. to me um, and I think one highlight because it's a distinction between um, what it means for someone to, for there to be an offense between you and a sibling in the church, mm-hmm. and then this Proverbs nineteen uh, principle. Um, Proverbs nineteen eleven it says, "Good sense makes one slow to anger, and it is his glory to overlook an offense." Right. And so you often have a question like, "Oh man, are those contradictory?" It's like, no, it's mm-hmm. intent and its desire, its motivation. Mm-hmm. Proverbs nineteen. It's talking about our motivation. If I could give a uh, um, antithetical approach to Proverbs 19, it would be cancel culture. It would be victimhood, right? It's something that our podcast talks about often where it seems like people are eager to say, you offended me. And not only eager, they want to hold it there because one thing that's not being mentioned about victimhood is there's power there. There's, There's power in being able to say someone has harmed you. And you can hold it over their head. Mm-hmm. And so you, you, you relish in that power. That is the heart that Proverbs 19 is preaching against. On the mm-hmm. other side of that, we, the body of Christ, who are eager to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace Izzy, if you do something to me or I do something to you and it puts a wedge in our relationship as siblings and I'm sitting in my house with this bitterness and this hurt towards my sister, it is unloving for me to not address it.
1: Absolutely.
0: It's unloving.
1: It's unloving. And the question we should be asking ourselves is why don't I want to reconcile? Why, Why don't I want to be in unity with my sibling? Um. And what, going back to the whole victimhood thing, I think there's a power because you don't have to self-examine. You don't have to mortify. You don't have to put to death your own sin. No. You can place the blame entirely in someone else. And that's, that's where the power lies. Yeah. And then you're now the judge. You're not looking to yourself. And you are the one that is executing judgment on that person. Going back, um, what was I saying? You
0: don't uh, have to mortify. You don't have to self-examine.
1: But, um and how realist like is we're all sinners we're not all one other we may we still have a response bond to being sinned again um and part it's, it's a nuance and it's we can't just look to the offender offend- say that all the blame is yeah because we have and I think that's important. Yeah, at it publicly and have been forgiven, and it's hard, hard when you're hurt and when you're again. But uh, the gospel that hmm. you know, like when it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I guess I don't know if you wanna. Um, talk a little bit about your experience. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Uh, because I think, and it,
1: I guess kind of what you experienced, how God drew you to himself.
0: Hmm. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah, I, yeah, that's a good point. That last part of that question, because I d- do, but that's a point of this kind of conversation we're having is that church hurt ultimately draws you closer to the Lord. It ought to, <laughs> um, And that's not something to save, like, oh, you're doing it wrong um, if it hasn't. But we do want it to cause pause if you found yourself drifting completely away from what you called your faith. Um, You're in danger, if that's the Mm -hmm. case. Um, It should draw you closer to the Lord. So let me back up. Um, I lived as a wretch, and the Lord called me to himself when I was in college, um, and I— Grew up at my at my the church I went to. I grew up my entire life. My family was there. My grandparents were there. Like, my my family was like forty percent of the church. Um, father and uncle and grandfather, elders and you know stuff like that. And um, and then we got older and I came to Christ and siblings in Christ and my brother's worship leader. You know Darren, but um, yeah. So that's still just it was a small home church in West Baltimore City, um, mm-hmm. and. There, there there, there was moral failure on the pastor's part that I ended up finding out about by mistake. Um, and I was a baby Christian now. Um, and at this point, not only was I a baby Christian, but this urge to just tell people everything that I just learned in Christ and then train them in it didn't leave me. Um, and Mm so I'm like, I'm going to go into ministry, even though I don't even know what the heck that even means. I don't know what it means to go into ministry, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but, but so I was very, yeah, I was very fresh, (laughs) um, in my faith, but then also I just started going to seminary. So Mm -hmm. I was like in my bag bag when this thing happened, I was going through textbooks Flipping through, you know, what should be happening here? Um, Because as a result of that, and as a result of my finding out, I was asked not to mention it, not to say anything. Mm. Um, And I knew that that was incorrect. Mm. But out of a desire to not sow discord, out of desire Mm. to not um, be rebellious, and a desire Mm -hmm. to submit to leadership, um, I, I felt stuck. In that decision, mm-hmm. and it racked my brain, right? And, and, and um, but I came to the realization uh, that this was not not just unhealthy, but it was against Christ, and it was against His church. Um, and so uh, I didn't I, I didn't make some big proclamation. However, my family, who was majority of the church and in leadership. Uh, needed to know, needed to know. And so, since they were a, a lot of them in that church, um, if one member of my family knew, then all of them would know. And so, I, I simply let, uh, let the pastor know hey, I'm going to have this conversation with my family. I'm just telling you this out of respect, um, simply mm-hmm. because I know that me having this information um, in secret and not mm-hmm. sharing it while singing praises and worship to my God doing communion is not something i'm willing to do so i'm going to tell my family um i'm letting you know out of respect so that you can do what you need to do you can confess uh to the church you can uh i think you should but i'm letting you know i'm telling my family um and in that me telling them wow. um uh he ended up uh as a response Confessing and and stepping down. Um, But back up a little bit before that, before I was Mm -hmm. in Christ, um, that church had always been lacking um, in some healthy biblical and gospel-centered principles when it comes to discipleship. Um, I love that church. I love the people in it. I love the people who Mm -hmm. discipled me. Um, But it has always had an aspect of unhealth. Um, when it came to, it, it was very pharisaic, It's very legalistic in the way that people approached mm-hmm. themselves. It was, uh, people, uh, would dress themselves up in good works so that they didn't mm-hmm. have to look like sinful people. Mm. Um, and so before I was in Christ, I made a decision. Mm-hmm. This was all stupid. I'm done with this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm done with it. I, I see the way you all behave. I went to a church meeting for the first time in my life. <laughs> When you get older and you go to church meetings and you see people yelling at each other and calling names and things, it's like, wow, this is so dumb. Um, Mm -hmm. But a part of my journey to Christ, when I came to Christ, I realized that the only reason I would be able to make a conclusion on Jesus after watching the deeds of man is that there was some type of idol that I had Mm. regarding the people I looked up to. Even if they were great people, there's an idol there. There, there, you should never be able to draw a conclusion on Christ after watching the deeds of man. It goes top down, right? It it it, it go it goes the other way. Um, the Christians we want people to ask questions about Christ, and Jesus says, "You will know my Father has sent you the way you love one another." But ultimately, He is who He is. Period. We are who we are because of Him, right? And so, yeah. you you want to have a full understanding of human beings, you need to know who Jesus is. <laughs> mm. he will always have an incomplete um so i came to christ and i realized that mm. that was the way i was seeing things and it was flawed um mm. but i was very heady you know i was very early baby i was kind of like locked in to damage control mode i wanted to mm. rally my family together and just kind of pour out these things that were being poured into me in seminary um and then i just dove into ministry you know wh- i left baltimore moved out to silver spring where we first met and right. um I jumped into ministry uh got married uh and then doing ministries inside of ministries and um and then, after four or five years, we planted the church in in riverdale and um and so through that it was just a journey of one what does it look like to be an associate pastor and call to attention necessary things you know something about yeah. um, for lack of a better word, black culture when it comes to the the church um, mm-hmm. black culture certain aspects of black culture is reverence is huge, reverence for authority reverence for leadership is huge, and I value that I think it's good, I think it's lacking in some aspects of the church, um, but that reverence for authority and leadership left me in this kind of limbo of. How do I address this very explicit unhealthiness when it comes to teaching, when it comes mm-hmm. to discipleship, and then when it comes to just church interaction, church body interaction, uh, without being disrespectful? Like, how am I doing it? I was learning it. You know, what does it look like to right. be an associate pastor? Uh, how does that happen? Um, and so in bringing those things up, the responses that I got was that, I'm being cold, I'm, I'm cold hearted uh, and I'm seeing things wrong. Um, oh, and, and so, and, and I really want to highlight that type of response because it, a lot of church hurt. Um, what people remember is the after effect and where it left them and how it left them kind of mm-hmm. shaken up, depressed and just sitting in kind of a um, apathy and a lack of right. desire, lack of joy. What are you going to say?
1: I think that, I mean, you just named it, but when I put out this question for those who answered the poll that said that they had experienced church hurt, and I, I could re- like resonate with everything that they said. Mm-hmm. I saw this, how God um, grew them, and also their response was, many came with faith. Many came to know the Lord through their um, their experience with the church. And I guess kind of, really impacts and affects how you interact with other people, whether you mean it to or not. Um, but kind of like you were saying, you had your church hurt experience with your, the church you grew up in and then that kind of affected how you interacted as a leader, as an associate pastor.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I was very aware of the role of what it meant to be a leader. Um, Mm -hmm. That's that's just stuck in my mind. It's something that's seared in my mind of who you fail when you fail.
2: Yeah.
0: Um and if you if you are if you are just experiencing that and, and seeing it and and, and kind of having these these preconceived notions that hey, there are only certain guys that kind of fall to sexual temptation like that. Mm-hmm. Um that's such a flawed thought, and that would that would give such excitement to the enemy to think that. Um, and so knowing that, that's just something I'm always cognizant, not only of that, but then just in general, where I want to be aware of how much of myself, though I desire to have in this office, and how much of Christ. Because mm-hmm. if I find myself focusing on myself, my desires, how I'm affected mm-hmm. by a lot of things, then I'm going down a path where um, it doesn't end well. It, mm-hmm. it doesn't end well. And so my desire uh, to care for the church in that um, it came just with some conflict because I, I was at odds with who I was co-pastoring slash serving under mm-hmm. um, in that it seemed like my care for the church exceeded his. Or they were different mm-hmm. in different ways. And maybe the priorities were different. And I think it'd be safe to say at this moment those priorities were different Mm -hmm. um and so it's it pauses you when you when you get up the courage because at first you kind of psych yourself out unless you're one of those individuals where it's like Mm -hmm. and you just say how you feel yeah 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 you just say how you feel in some instances that may be helpful yeah in some instances it's not helpful but if if you're anything like me and you're you're a heady person you are a Mm -hmm. um contemplator you you go over these things over and over again to find the optimal option. And then you finally gird up uh the courage and desire to bring this thing forward, and you're mm-hmm. told, Ah, you're actually seeing it wrong. Mm-hmm. Um and so it's not that you're rejected, but it's that mm-hmm. everything you just played in your mind for however amount of time, for me, it was mm-hmm. for two years. Mm-hmm. Everything that you've been playing in your mind uh, is false. That sticks mm-hmm. with you. Mm-hmm. The popular phrase today is gaslighting. It's a 1940s movie where the husband was. Do
1: you mind b- explaining that in case? Yeah, yeah. Ga- I, mean, I just found out what this meant. Like, yeah, so,
0: so gaslighting is a movie um, oh. where it, essentially without going through the whole plot, the husband in this marriage was doing nefarious deeds in their marriage and in their home. And, and a part of these deeds are trying to conceal it. Um, mm-hmm. He was hiding some things in the house and uh, the wife was about was basically catching on to him. And so what he would do is he would had they had gas lights. they would pour gas in the light to make the house mm-hmm. brighter. And the the wife knew the house was getting brighter. And Whenever she mentioned it, he would tell her, what are you talking about? You're crazy. Mm-hmm. And that's wrong. No, it's not getting right. It's not getting brighter. Everything. What, what are you even talking about right now? Mm-hmm. Everything you think and everything you are saying is wrong. Your perception of reality is to not be trusted,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and that will stick with you. Mm-hmm. It will stick with you over time, um, and it leaves you uh, kind of bruised and beaten. Um, and it left me there, and for as a matter of fact, I am still there. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I am still in that journey of waking up some days, and I am just like, oh man. Mm-hmm. um, because it leaves you that way, but that that's kind of like that journey. I don't know if you wanted me to transition at all I'll give you some chance to yeah i
1: mean um yeah, if you don't i mean wherever you're headed it's really i mean i I'm enjoying hearing kind of how it's gone, where you are now mm-hmm. um because if anything, what church hurt is. It's happening in the setting of the church, but it's hurt. It's yeah. hurt that happens between sinful people.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and if Romans 3.23 is true, yeah, we're, yeah. we're all going to experience this at some point. Right. And I think the important thing is to not... Um, I guess, create divisions in our Christian life, yeah. even though it's really easy to do, but to go, well, this is the church, so nothing bad should ever happen here, mm. or this is my brother and sister, so that means that they'll never sin against me, um, and then this is the world, or this is my family, or whatever, and yeah. we create segments in how we interact with people, and kind of what you were saying before, we have expectations of those relationships, yeah, yeah. But it's important to have, going back to a biblical worldview, if we do believe that we're all sinful, then we're all capable of sinning against each other. We're Mm -hmm. all capable of being sinned against. We're all capable of doing the sinning. And so when that happens then in the context of the church, it's not this um, huge thing that we can look at and go, how could this this have happened? How could you have done this towards me or you sinned in this way? Because... Really, just scriptures proving to be true, yeah. and that they're in need of a savior, just as I am in need of a savior. Mm-hmm. And I think that is the foundation that for me helped me to look at the hurt that I experienced and the people that had hurt me and realize such were some of you. Like, if we're all on the same playing field, um, I'm no different. I'm mm-hmm. capable of the same. And it just leads you back to. The cross and yeah. to the gospel and to Christ and that's really all that we can cling on to in these circumstances in these situations. Right. And um, I, I wanted to share a little bit, um, just kind of a, like my experience if you wanted, you know, wanted to hear a bit about it. But yeah, I can kind definitely. of resonate with a lot of of what you shared. Of, you know, kind of feeling like that gaslit or like what you're bringing isn't true mm-hmm. or. Um, not being heard, feeling really lonely and all that stuff. And, um, I think in those moments for me, it was really important to look to God's word and to delight and meditate on his law. And I think that is, um, an important thing. It's like, we don't, um, c- cease to apply Christian truths um, b- just because things are hard. Yeah. Um, and if anything, like I think of like First Peter 4, it's like to mm-hmm. not be surprised when fiery trials come upon us like this. And maybe it's a trial. Mm-hmm. Um, why are we surprised? Um, but I think like looking at this from a Christian perspective, kind of moving towards the like, how as as professing believers, it ought to draw us closer to the Lord. I guess kind of moving into that, like even for you where you struggle now, like what um, does that look like? How does the Christian um, draw towards the Lord um, and begin to heal, right, with Mm -hmm. the um, fighting bitterness, um, finding new community, um, not withholding or being bitter towards um, being in fellowship with other Christians, Mm -hmm. You know, sharing this with you know other believers in a way that is, um, I guess, like candid um, and isn't seeking to slander or gossip, but just kind of sharing like this is yeah. my experience, this is where I'm coming from, um, and yeah, I don't know. I threw a lot of questions at you, so you no, can kind no, of start. no, no, yeah, <laughs> and yeah, we yeah. Can go back I think and forth, I think I'm going to so.
0: start from the latter end of that because mm-hmm. I think that's a big one when you're going through it. If there is something. That I'm just frustrated with myself about mm-hmm. the way I handled it. It was the not talking about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, like my,
1: talking about it with others, or yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, not talking okay. about it. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: like I said, I was just navigating. What does this role look like, Lord? How do I mm-hmm. honor you in this role? How do I respect your church and your leadership? And that's mm-hmm. why, um, in my definition, I called it loyalty to Christ and loyal and then subsequent loyalty to his church and its elders being mm-hmm. betrayed right mm-hmm. I'm sitting here thinking lord how can I honor you meanwhile I'm kind of being you know tossed around in that moment where mm-hmm. um, my judgment as a pastor is questioned and not you know uh, valued mm-hmm. and things like that um, and so one thing I, I was fr- I'm frustrated about myself is um one I, I was battling with how to to talk about this in a healthy way i want i don't want to talk to my wife about it because i don't want her to be given a side eye to her pastor mm. right that's a that, that's a value of mine this is this is the lord's church right uh, i don't i didn't want to do that want to uh my brother is my best friend we talk about everything from stupid to sincere. Not only is that the case, he was our worship leader, and mm-hmm. I was his pastor, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to talk to things about him with things because I felt like, man, I don't want to sow discord. Uh, you know, he's in a leadership role. He would come mm-hmm. to me with same concerns. He can do it an entire episode right. with you as well. And, and you I'm don't like,
1: gossip. Too, yeah,
0: like, I don't want to gossip. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you need to go talk to him about this. Mm-hmm. Um, but. There's an important aspect about gossip is motivation and intent. See, gossip is also a, an aspect of power. It's information, mm. right? It's like prepubescent Gnosticism. I have information that you don't have. <laughs> that's
1: a good point. That's a good way to put it. I yeah. It,
0: I have information that others don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe I can use this information to win, you know, gratitude from people or mm-hmm. approval or acceptance. You know, that's very self-seeking different. Than, self-seeking. The, self-seeking. Mm-hmm. That's a very different thing from saying, hey, there's a fire in the basement. We're and I just told
1: them and godly counsel. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. That's exactly right. Um, and so, you know, I know now that there are healthy ways to go about that. And also... Um, the Lord honors that because on the ba- on the back end of this this journey was a lot of people a lot of other people you included suffering in silence mm-hmm. you know, and so one of the affirmations outside of the way people blow it out of proportion in an unbiblical way is that the Holy Spirit is an affirming person living within us mm. if the Church of Christ it's coming together and saying, hey, I agree with this thing. It's something to at least stop and say we need to talk about it. And then now mm-hmm. that the body has gotten there, the body's attention has been gotten, let's open up this big book we claim to submit to. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and let's see if our deeds are in line with what this is saying. Um, right. So uh, let's see. That was the first question. But then you asked me, what was something else you asked? There was something that stuck out.
1: Um, I also asked, I don't know if you... Oh, if on that, the
0: back end of it. Yeah, like I bitterness. I don't
1: know where you started, which ones you start? Yeah, bitterness. Yeah. yeah, so that's important.
0: Um, Go ahead. You, what were you mm-hmm. want to say?
1: I guess just how that affects your interactions with um, like future pastors or yeah, Wherever yeah, yeah. the sin was or wherever the hurt was um, or other fellowship with other Christians. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just what is the response? How do you walk through that? Mm-hmm.
0: So the bitterness is tied into just that that um, uh, place you're in as a battered individual. You know that's the place that I'm in, and um, the Lord has graciously been growing me out of. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a process, and so something that you mentioned from the onset of mm-hmm. this is if your desire isn't to cling to the Lord, then you will cling to something
2: mm-hmm.
0: and bitterness has a very big handle to grip on. You, you can grip mm-hmm. it easy. You, you can hold mm-hmm. on to that thing and it can feel good in your hand and massage your hands. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Oh yeah, I'm going to hold on to this mm-hmm. and it's going to eat you alive. And so that you know, passage we talked about in Matthew 18, where mm-hmm. um, you're going to an individual who has offended you. This is a given the mm-hmm. circumstance. circumstance. You know, if this is something that's been done to you, then, yeah, we have a responsibility to go to that individual out of the same principle of Ephesians 4,
2: being mm-hmm. eager
0: to maintain the unity of the spirit of bond of peace. So right. that's why we're doing that. It's for the mm-hmm. sake of Christ's church. Mm-hmm. That's That's why we're doing that. Also... The reason we want to be mindful about where our hearts are after being hurt is because we're still talking about Christ's church. So my interactions Mm -hmm. with pastors, my interactions with brothers and sisters, um, because I've been hurt, I cannot therefore change my definition of the church. I'm going to give a quick illustration.
1: Well said. Yeah.
0: My father, when, when dead Brandon, Brandon B.C., Got older In his like preteen to teenage years I I began Mm -hmm. to become Fluent in sarcasm And snide remarks And rudeness towards my mother Mm -hmm. Whenever he would Stop me in my tracks He made a point to say How he will not tolerate What I'm doing to his wife Mm -hmm. He would remove me from the equation As his son (laughs) Mm -hmm. And say let me tell you Why I'm defending Or why I'm even in this equation. It's not first and foremost because I don't like what you did. Or I don't like the tone. Or you're being disrespectful and I didn't raise you that way. It's because she's mine. And you won't treat her that way. And the same mind we need to have about the church. No matter what has happened. She's his. He bled for her. Your mind and your thinking about this church cannot be diminished in any way because god himself bled for her mm. and so we need to be mindful that's about powerful. even how hurt makes us think about the church that jesus bled for because if your mind and your words start to diminish and slander who she is you don't want to hear from him whoa she's mine
2: mm-hmm. that's
0: mine so that's important that we maintain integrity of the way we view the church um in his bride mm-hmm. uh And so, and and so on the, on the outside of that, um, expectations, right. Um, uh,
1: and that's not a light thing, what you just said, like, it's not, that takes intentionality on our part of confessing our sin and confessing our bitterness, um, and the areas where we are tempted to look at the church differently, look at, um, and fellowship with others differently because yeah. of our um, previous, you know, hurts. Yeah, and Yeah. That is I'm thankful you shared that because that is a huge part of dealing with the hurt that we've experienced in the church. Because yeah. if we just think we're going to take this hurt, absorb it, move on and oh. have that influence how we interact with future relationships, we're missing we're, we're missing we're the missing gospel. It. We're missing and it. we're we're missing Living the gospel, yeah. and we're missing walking in unity, walking in forgiveness, mm-hmm. um, and it's only gonna. I feel like snowball. Yes,
0: yeah, definitely. If that's the right
1: word. And later on, um, and if it's not dealt with now, it's like you said, bitterness yeah. grows deep roots yeah. and um, it'll in places that we may not even notice or realize. Yeah. And I mean, I just think of it seems so simple, but I think of Jesus teaching the disciples to pray. Um, and in Luke eleven, he tells them, "Forgive our sins, as we forgive everyone who sins against us." Mm-hmm. Like think about how often. I mean, I, I say this with my kids before bed. We we um, pray together, and you can just say it. Yeah. But when you stop to think about it, as we have yeah, been forgiven, yeah, yeah, yeah. we are called to forgive. Um, it's really easy to overlook those passages in scripture. We're called mm-hmm. to forgive seventy times seven. Mm-hmm. That's a lot.
2: Yeah,
0: <laughs> and there's I mean, I mean well, there's it. something important to say about that, right? Because then mm-hmm. you can end up. In uh, a legalistic mindset where it says, Oh, I'm supposed to forgive. So on the Mm. outside, you tell people you forgive. Meanwhile, your heart is still broken. Right. And so now this is, this was the best part. And this currently Mm. is the best part about this journey and why it it clings to Christ. uh, Mm -hmm. Why clinging to Christ uh, is a result of it Mm -hmm. is because there, there are probably a lot of people like me who are zealous to do everything that you just said and then they yeah all of it they're, they're mm-hmm. like man mm-hmm. this is the way i need to respond with that they come up with they're thinking about the way they're thinking and i are like no i can't mm-hmm. think that way I, I can't do that i need to do this and they find themselves just incapable at the time mm. they find themselves and, and, and not even only just the forgiveness piece just even the depression where it's like man snap out of it already like, you're in this mm-hmm. funk. I don't want people, you know, feeling all sorry. You know, it wasn't even that big a deal, maybe. I don't know. what. And you, and you end up getting frustrated with yourself for being in this season. And mm-hmm. one aspect the, the Lord, of the Lord's care and love for me in that, in that time, in, in this time, was showing me that that's pride. To think that there is something about me that's actually strong. And that he teams up with me when it comes to strength. Like, no, everything about me is weak.
1: Like you got to muscle through yeah. it. And you just got to, like, get over it. Yeah. And you just, mm-hmm. In the
0: same vein that Jesus said you are blessed when you realize you're poor in spirit, because mm-hmm. then you know who the one with the riches are. That's what, you know, the, the, the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are poor in spirit, but there is the kingdom of heaven. You realize you're spiritually bankrupt. You can't do anything to contribute to your salvation in the same way. We see the Lord as our strength. Mm-hmm. Paul says that his, yeah. and through his weakness, Christ's strength is perfected. Mm-hmm. We recognize our weakness. We can see weakness sometimes as a, a seasonal or mom, a momentary thing mm-hmm. where it's like in this moment, yeah, I'm weak, but I expect to get out of it and be strong again. And then mm-hmm. when you have that expectation, that's what sends people who end up with chronic illnesses into despair. Or people who who can't use limbs, or or you know people who have w- weaknesses that last a lifetime, mm-hmm. and it's because our idea of weakness is incorrect. We are weak, mm-hmm. and we need Period. the Lord. Yes, <laughs> <Yeah>. we're weak. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. We
0: are weak, mm-hmm. and blessed are you when you are weak because you'll cling to the one who's strong.
1: Amen. If
0: you think you have your own strength, then you isolate, and now Satan gets to whisper sweet nothings.
1: Right, and this is why going back to delighting in God's law and his word is so important because this is where we get this foundation. This is where we see it in scripture. Yeah. God's word yeah. informs us of our frame yeah. and of his character. And if we're not, you know, Psalm one like meditating on day and, not, day and night, we're not going to be that tree that's planted by streams yeah. of living water.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and I think of like Psalm 119, which um, we're called to delight in His statutes. This is this is the way that mm-hmm. we do it. Mm-hmm. Um, not just stewing or you know trying to muster this emotion. Yeah. It's it's going to God's word. That's and exactly that's really right. important. Um That's
0: exactly right.
1: I think for you know anyone that is currently going through this or is still dealing with it go to go to his word. Go to like, his word. This right here.
0: This this is something I tell people even when um they're in like you know angry pain I have, I have a friend mm-hmm. of mine who's in angry pain because trust mm-hmm. was betrayed right and and they're mm-hmm. angry like like legit angry but mm-hmm. the first response sometimes in in Christian community is to say hey do away with your anger
2: mm-hmm.
0: and I'm like hey show me that in the scriptures Do away with your anger. This is be angry and don't sin.
1: And do not sin. Mm -hmm. So
0: this is what you need to think about. You need to think about what it means, as Paul says in Romans 6, to be either an instrument of righteousness. The Greek word is actually weapon. A weapon of righteousness or a weapon of unrighteousness. Mm. What he wants from us is to be isolated and alone, to do away with community and be hidden behind trees like our ancestors back in the day. Naked mm-hmm. <laughs> so that <laughs> I had to think
1: about that for a moment. I was
0: like yeah. <laughs> oh, You don't remember really you don't like, remember your great great daughter. great grandfather that was naked behind the tree, is he? But uh <laughs> oh. But yeah, that's what he wants. He wants isolation mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that what we can do with our humanity is be used as a weapon of unrighteousness. But what I'm telling people in their anger is why don't you talk to the Lord about it? Because he already knows but he's going to lead you to life in your Amen. deeds. He's going to lead you to flourishing. He's going to remind you. Now, if you look at his scriptures and you're saying, I don't want anything to do with that. Well, then we have a deeper conversation to have my friend. Mm-hmm. And, and and I'm going to not call you brother and sister right now, maybe mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> until I ask some more mm-hmm. questions. But mm-hmm. if you are a believer and you are still in that moment of weakness, where you, you're hurting or bitterness is there and whatever, deal with it openly, honestly, and transparently, because what a gift it is that even in those weaknesses, we can go mm-hmm. with boldness to the throne of grace
2: mm-hmm.
0: with boldness. Not only can we go with boldness to the mm-hmm. throne of grace, we go to a God who we can tell about our weakness as humans and that God can say, I know. Mm-hmm. I know what it's like to be a human. And I'm the perfect counselor because I flourished perfectly. Every form of temptation, no sin. Come to me about what these comfort. moments. Come to me. Mm-hmm. He's the God of all comfort, as Paul mm-hmm. says, and I think it's 1 Corinthians. Mm-hmm. And that's why we need to cling to him. Right. And what
1: of, you're referencing, Hebrews 4, right, 14? Yeah, that's right. Right? That's right. We have a great high priest who yes. sympathizes with our weaknesses.
2: Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so we, we, he, the, Satan wants us to be isolated, isolated. Um, When you are getting hurt and you're saying, you know, I'm doing away with these people, Um, the enemy celebrates,
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, all those things. Um, And the last thing I'll say about expectation is our lives as Christians are lives of suffering, different magnitudes, different moments, Mm -hmm. but it's lives of suffering nonetheless. As a matter of Mm -hmm. fact, Paul uses this very interesting um language when it comes to suffering i think it's in philippians but he uses the word fellowship
2: mm-hmm. saying
0: that man i don't only just want to know christ um in you know cognitively i want to know mm-hmm. him experientially in the fellowship of his sufferings Mm -hmm. and what that means so even in this moment as you have found yourself wanting to stand for truth or wanting to point out false teachings for the sake of the love you have for brothers and sisters and people reject you and 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 people may revile you or slander you or you may be cast out in that moment it hurts and it's painful but find time to try to spend time with the lord and rejoice in the fact that you get to fellowship with him in that
2: Mm -hmm.
0: you can fellowship with him in that suffering and if we fellowship with him in those sufferings, then man, the glory! We fellowship with him, and uh, is that much more glorious. That's why yeah. Paul says that the things of this world are like rubbish. I count them as rubbish compared mm-hmm. <laughs> to knowing Christ.
1: Right. And I think that's the important part, especially going through these, you know, difficult times and situations with you know brothers and sisters is that it's not without purpose Mm. as Christians. Um, And if anything, there's something that the Lord desires for us to learn. Yeah. And it's sanctifying. Yes. And I think often we try to get away from sanctification. Um, We avoid it. It's a human tendency, nature to be comfortable, to be at ease. (laughs) But that's not the way of following Christ. And I think that is the important thing to lean into is – Um, even just asking what people have learned i was so encouraged reading through it i know you read them too but how many learned discernment i could say that for myself where i was completely not discerning at all if anything i was so spiritually lazy when it came Mm. to um just how i lived spiritually yeah um and how so, so many have um shared that how the Lord led them through forgiveness and led to deeper understanding of the gospel. Yeah. And I know I shared it before, but many share that they came to know the Lord, that they were saved through their church hurt. Yeah. Isn't that incredible?
0: I'm literally reading a comment from, I think it's uh-huh. Katie May. I wasn't saved when I experienced mm-hmm. church
1: hurt. Wow.
0: I mean, how, what grace, mm-hmm. what grace that the Lord did not give me over to my bitterness and my foolish thinking about his church Mm -hmm. so that I would go down um, a path that leads to death. But he stopped me and drew me Mm -hmm. to himself so that I could become a son of his and Mm -hmm. then so that any affliction that I go through, I receive comfort from him as my father and then get to point others to him in their Mm -hmm. affliction through the comfort that I was comforted with. What grace. What grace that is.
2: Absolutely.
0: I'm looking at some of those comments, because those were extremely encouraging to me as well.
1: Right. uh, Yeah, I'm going through and seeing some of them too. Um, Yeah, and how, you know, the Lord is a strong tower, and Mm. that we have that comfort as Christians. Um, But I think... I guess the last part, I don't know if we, if you touched on this earlier, but, um, what does it look like going forward?
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: like practically, if you have like, you know, from your personal experience or, you know, however you want to answer. Yeah.
0: Um, so even stemming from what I said about weaknesses, we can be, we can be reminded, um, of the Lord's gentleness and his patience with us not to leverage it mm-hmm. for any type of uh spiritual lethargy or not handling any responsibilities we need to handle but just that weightiness right mm-hmm. uh, and, and 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 being slow so i'm an introvert um i am in i guess uh, What's extra extra
1: no i'm kidding uh- <laughs>
0: I literally don't even know the numbers though. I don't even I don't even know. Um
1: Don't you don't need to know. Yeah, I know. Stay away from that run the other
0: direction. Uh we've done an episode oh, and also we've done an episode on that for people who want to look listen to that. Um but then also next week we will have an episode with mm-hmm. Marshall Montenegro. Um talking yeah, so about new age and spirituality in, uh, entering into the church in a myriad of ways. So
1: And how that ties into the Enneagram. Yeah.
0: So. Um but uh um Man, you jack me up with that. Any know Sorry, I couldn't help myself. Well, yeah, I know. I, I, I let I the door help. wide open. Well, uh, it's
1: still like it throws me off too. Like when I have had it, I'm like, I, especially when you're not expecting, it. you're like, wait yeah. a minute. Do I tell them? I know. I, like, I know. Do I tell them at all now? I know. Do I, how do I do this? I pick
0: and choose, man. I pick and <laughs> right. choose. It's in passing. If it's one on one, I'm going to say, let me stop you real quick. Right. But um, uh, what was I saying? Uh oh, the um
1: yeah how to practice, how to deal with it. Yeah. Deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. So the Lord is,
0: is gracious and he is patient with us. Um, and so Mm -hmm. one thing that's, that's interesting for me is I'm, I'm, I'm back in ministry. You know, we, we, I went Mm -hmm. through a quick turnaround. It was a, it was a terrible season, terrible things uncovered. Um, you know, that stuff, bad stuff happened. Um, and so I didn't really get a pause, uh, to stop. I, I, Back, right back into ministry, but not only that, I was left at the mm-hmm. helm, kind of as lead pastor, you know, handling things. Um, and mm-hmm. now I am back at our home church in Silver Spring. Um, mm-hmm. And so it was just, it was just go, 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 go. And I just feel tired still. Mm-hmm. Now the Lord has been gracious through the birth of our second son, um, and I had paternity leave, and that was the first mm-hmm. time in maybe mm-hmm. seven years. That I just been able to stop, wow. and I realized that, and it's not healthy. See, that's my fault, mm-hmm. and I and I even confessed that to my wife. Out this period, as the, as the Lord was revealing things to me, the way that I was handling ministry was not loving to her,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and it contributed to this deep depression and weight through this last mm-hmm. season as well. I was not enjoying mm-hmm. my family and and mm-hmm. and enjoying the Lord, in that. But that's a different conversation. Um, mm-hmm. but it's important. So mm-hmm. the Lord is patient. I was talking with a very prominent um, apologist and who has a mm-hmm. thriving ministry and they told me about their own journey with Church Hurt and they told me, he said, even now. So their journey with Church Hurt was years ago.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Now they're at a healthy church. They love it. And they mm-hmm. said, even now, I still sit in the back pew and I don't know why mm-hmm. but the people have been so patient with me. And I just want that to be a comfort to individuals. And I think you need to examine yourself in that because that's, mm. it's not like a license to say, look, I don't want anything to do with y'all. And, you know, the Lord's still working on me. No, that's not it. Shh. But it is yeah. a license to be weak.
2: Mm.
0: It's a license to be weak because as people will care for you and that is such a comfort my sister, who I'm on an mm-hmm. IG live with right now, she and my brother, her husband David, I was able to go out to their place, enjoy the mm-hmm. scenery, the mountains, hang out. I got mm-hmm. sick. They drove an hour to give me medicine. What type of no- yeah, what type of nonsense is that outside of the kingdom right. of heaven?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So that that's you know that type of stuff. The Lord will provide for us no matter what. Mm-hmm. He will provide it for us. You're clinging to him. Sorry, go ahead.
1: No, I was gonna say I'm really glad you brought that up because I think that's such an important um, piece that we overlook as Christians. Oh, like yeah. we put on the like I've gotta get over this, I gotta do the Christian yeah, man. thing. I'm fine, I'm good. No. But when we hide really our weaknesses and our fears and our insecurities and things that we're going through because we're human, we're like, you know, we're Christian, but we're also still struggling yeah, with sin this yeah. side of heaven we are then robbing our brothers and sisters around us from opportunities of deep fellowship yeah. and of deep um friendship that can really only come from being weak and yeah. being vulnerable
2: yeah.
1: um, and you know laying it out there versus right. hiding pretending um and just doing what really the world does yeah putting on a veneer that's exactly like we right we have we have the freedom as christians to be weak and to be vulnerable and to not have it all together um and open up that opportunity with brothers and sisters right kind of like you were saying that that was what you had and we were it was a blessing for us to be able to have that time and to be able to wrestle through pray through and talk about these things mm. but it wouldn't have happened had you done the you know man up that's exactly right it, move on and that's a
0: big yeah. temptation for a lot of people right especially mm-hmm. in in modern church culture where it's serve mm-hmm. and do this and do this thing and do this thing and keep moving keep moving mm-hmm. man no 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 please hear me mm-hmm. guys if you find yourself with a heart that feels obligated to do what is contrary to what you need, and specifically when it comes to like working or serving on Sunday, when you're in this place, specifically in this context, and you're dealing with some things, don't serve. Don't sit and enjoy the Lord. It's still worship service. Sit at his feet. Learn to do that. If you don't, or if you still have the opportunity to serve, find times because typically when people are serving, They serve whenever they can, and then when something comes up, they don't serve. Mm -hmm. Find times where nothing is going on and don't serve. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Don't serve for two main reasons.
1: you're saying be still. Yeah,
0: be still for two main reasons. One, because you need him. We need that. We we just need to be able to get back into a habit of uh, gathering at worship service without the intent of... um, Doing a whole bunch now for smaller churches. This might not be a big deal because all of y'all are doing it That's different. So you choose your context But from mm. the where i'm from like where i'm in right now church planning culture It's hustle and bustle and it'll drain you and you have to be vigilant about guarding your soul And mm. making sure that you sit at the feet of the lord engaged in worship service engaged in the sermon Actively listening reflecting on it going out to lunch thinking about it talking about people You don't do mm. those things when you're always serving um, mm-hmm. and so that's not to say to neglect serving, but just make sure that, uh, being present at worship service is a priority and rest mm-hmm. in the Lord is a priority. You have to rest in the Lord. One of the, some of the ways mm-hmm. that I rested in the Lord as, a, oh, that's what I was saying before you, uh, made me share that I'm a 7.29 on the Instagram. Um, <laughs> I'm an introvert, right.
2: mm-hmm. but
0: I'm, I'm an extroverted introvert in that I can do these mm-hmm. things. I'm not shy but it Mm -hmm. drains me being being around people drains me. And, um, in this season, I've just been drained. It -hmm. doesn't refill It's I've just been drained. And so I know my responsibilities, right? I still have to pastor. I still have to lead in certain ways, but the way that I will rest is I cut myself off Sometimes to everybody except for my wife. Sometimes to people like you guys where I know we have some things in common. I know that we can just sit and chill. We can talk stupid stuff. We can talk significant stuff. And we can just hang out. And, mm-hmm. and that, that's just enjoying family that the Lord has placed in my mm-hmm. life. Specifically going out and enjoying foods that he has provided. And, and re- genuinely reflecting. Because right. I realize I don't even do that. I can like mm-hmm. food. But I don't sit and reflect on the fact that the Lord made this mm-hmm. and I can actually reflect on him as I enjoy mm-hmm. this incredible steak. Are you mm-hmm. kidding me? I can do that. I can actually enjoy it
2: yeah
1: um it's all about being present, yeah, I think is yeah. really what it is um and we don't allow ourselves that no, we just we don't, and it's doing a disservice because then we're not resting in the Lord that's what like right. I'm saying. We're that's not right. resting, and that's gonna lead to your problems yeah, burnout, yeah. whatever you want to call it um like so we get to enjoy them we get yeah, to thanks enjoy thanks for sharing him. That. i think that's really important yeah. um uh, point so thank you for highlighting that um but i don't know if there's anything else you wanted to share um, or any exhortations we can open it up to questions um i know we've tried to kind of weave them out in mm-hmm. and out through the conversation but if anyone has any questions on what has been shared so far um
0: i will say this yeah. as i'm looking at some of the things i uh, mm-hmm. i think just a sunrise said anxiety with going to church very difficult to open up even with mm-hmm. church friends um mm-hmm. i feel that um i felt crushed heartbroken this is someone else i felt crushed heartbroken mm-hmm. rejected um takes me a while to, to uh, too long to trust people at a new church Um, those types of things. Um, All of that is answered in what we were talking about earlier. Um, Mm I know it's beating the same drum, but you cling to the Lord and it's not like, like this is the way it works out practically. You cling to the Lord, you speak with him openly and honestly about the way you feel. He reminds you, you you cling to his scriptures. His scriptures will remind Mm -hmm. you of what's true. And one Mm -hmm. of those things that's true is that his forgiveness, his love, his acceptance, his approval is the ultimately, ultimate sustaining love, acceptance, and approval mm-hmm. you need. Why is that important? Because one of the stages when you go through church hurt Snaps, is... man. That,
2: <laughs>
0: that's fire. One of the stages mm-hmm. that, you, that you go through in church hurt is the reconciling stage, right? The resolve. Mm-hmm. And here's the hard truth. Sometimes... You, that that situation isn't resolved. Sometimes you go to the individual to try to have a good conversation and, and be reconciled, and they don't receive you. They still, or they still reject you, or maybe they still give you the same treatment that you got that started all this stuff. What are we to do in that moment? Do we get angry all over again? Like no, no, no. You you are only doing that out of obedience and love for your Lord and also love Mm -hmm. for your brother or maybe not brother or sister. Mm -hmm. And you did what you needed to do now rest in the Lord's goodness, his approval, Mm -hmm. his acceptance and his guidance and wisdom. Um, Mm -hmm. Because if you go through that, seeking their approval and their validation of you, even if they give it to you, it's futile Mm -hmm. and it won't last. So, Find, find the Lord's um, validation of you. You are my daughter. You are my son, whom I'm well pleased. It comes through Christ. If you're in Christ, it's yours. So no heights, no angels, nor death, nor church hurt can separate you from it.
1: Amen. Those are wise words, Brandon. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this topic is, I didn't realize how prevalent it is mm-hmm. um even though i mean speaking earlier how we s- said we shouldn't be surprised about you know when church hurt happens i don't know why i was surprised <laughs> at the poll <laughs> here i am oh we shouldn't be surprised wow that's a lot of people who <laughs> <church hurt. laughs> um but i'm hoping this is a timely conversation and encouragement um for those of you guys that are listening that are here mm-hmm. um, i was able to go through some of the questions um i don't have i didn't write them all down um i don't know if you have them here you. yeah i have them
0: right up in front of me okay you want me to read some out yeah no matter yeah. where which which question or what
1: however you want to do it
0: um let's see since we are at the. Uh, where you what did you say at the end the end result what was the result uh, or how did god grow you um It, uh, Mrs. Jamie Lee said it was very minor, but it made it hard to connect with fellow sisters. Mm. Um, I know you can resonate with that one, um, especially when you're going through something where it's not something that someone did to you, but you feel isolated because it's like I feel like we're all together because we mm-hmm. all profess Jesus to be our King, mm-hmm. and then I saw something that doesn't belong to His kingdom in our church. And then I said, Oh, look, that thing shouldn't be here. And then everyone got mad at me. It's like, wait a second. What's uh, going on? Wait, uh, is, uh, is it me? Or <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I thought that this is what we were doing. I thought you guys would want me to tell you about this thing that doesn't belong here, that we shouldn't be doing, that we shouldn't be learning or that we shouldn't be studying. Mm-hmm. And now that I brought this up, I feel isolated and I feel targeted and attacked man, it's going to be hard for me to ever do this again. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you something. Um, That is just a microcosm of what it means to be a believer in general. Yep. (laughs) If you're, if you're loving the Lord and you're loving people, you're going to be calling out things in love in humility and in Mm -hmm. good timing, just your entire life, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: your your entire life. Um, And it's not, you know, for calling out sake, it's out of love it's out of love uh if my son wants to close his eyes and stand up on the top of the couch and run which is something he does don't ask me
1: <laughs> it's, A it's, toddler life yeah, right
0: there. it's 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 n- it's completely unloving for me to say hey no stop it's no stop you can't do that because this will be the result um and so when we see false things being taught in our churches and Um, if we hear a sermon and we have a question and we go to the pastor in humility and ask about that and you're met with rejection or some form of gaslighting, you still need to cling to the Lord. Um, depending on the way that thing folds out, you might have to make a decision on church, but make it in wisdom and in submission to the Lord and his scriptures. Don't make it on a whim and emotionally. Right. But still, that is still, I don't think that's a minor thing. It's a big thing where to be watchful. Go ahead. Is.
1: Right. And I think adding to that is kind of realizing who you belong to. Right. We now we're now slaves of righteousness yeah. and it's not about our desires and how we want to live our life. The Lord may have placed you in this church and in this place for this time. It's a sounding to, And and that may be uncomfortable. That may be something you don't want to do, something that you'd rather avoid. Um, but it's submitting to the Lord in that sense where mm-hmm. if I really am loving you and I want to be a, a sister in Christ to you, I will speak things that are hard regardless whether you accept me or reject me or whatever your response is. Yeah. And I think that's an important thing to submit as Christians. We submit in other areas of life
2: Yeah.
1: Um, that just seems so clear. But when it comes to our role even amongst each other as siblings in Christ, Are we submitting to the Lord? Are we submitting and going, I'm going to do what's uncomfortable, what I don't want to do, what I think might get me rejected or ostracized or make me feel alone um, because am I going to do this or not? Um, And I think for myself, having walked through that with Sisters in Christ, um, if anything, I feel like it's shown me God's heart for me Mm. in the sense of, my impatience and how quick I was to be um, take personal offense or um, withhold forgiveness yeah. because of, you know, whatever. Um, I could see how that's not how the Lord treats me. That's not how he has um, responded to me and my sin. And then seeing that and seeing my reflection and then being challenged in that sense and convicted of my sin... Um, I look to them and I think of myself as them. If that makes sense? No, absolutely. If if I were in that situation, how would I want someone to speak and to treat me? Um and it gives you a heart of compassion. Like that's right. Like praying and realizing Mm -hmm. that you're no different, like praying for them and realizing that you're could be tempted in the same way to fall Mm -hmm. into the same sin. Um and if I am not bearing with my, I guess, weaker or more imma- immature sister, I'm not going to be bearing with any right. sister yeah, really. Right. That's right. And if I want to walk in unity um, and I want to be a good sister in Christ, I have to walk through this yeah. and I have to link arms with you in your weakness and be patient with you and be loving and um, rely on the Lord for those things. Yeah. Um, and it, I think that's really important. Walking through it, um, and where if you've walked through it or you're walking through it now, um, to I don't know, see it as a mirror in some ways. Like it, these experiences that you're going through, it's really easy to point the finger and go, yeah. "You're like this. That's you're right. the one that is wrong. You're the one that um, is rejecting me." But that finger could easily be pointed back at you. That's
0: right. That's um, exactly and right. I think
1: that's the that's the humbling thing, yes. at least for me. Um, it, no, it
0: definitely is. That's a component of humility. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: Um, and just seeing myself as very easily being that person. I'm sure I have at some point in my walk, and yeah. I may be in the future, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think that's really important in keeping that and, and holding close to the gospel um, mm-hmm. is why it's so important. Um, and I know we shared earlier about, like, the word and meditating on the word, but I really do think that is crucial to growing in this situation and to being sanctified because our emotions are leading. They are strong. Mm -hmm. They um, can paint a narrative that it favors us and is not submitting to God's word. Mm -hmm. And we need to be constantly renewed um, in our mind and, that is where the sanctification the knowing god's character and praying to him and clinging to his character is going to come from.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's I think at the from the onset when we were talking about this there was something you mentioned about delighting uh in the in his word and his law. Yeah. I think you were I talking about someone, you specifically or something, you know. Yeah, but, I was just
1: sharing like passages that were encouraging to me and Psalm one of delighting and meditating on god's law. Yeah. To be that tree that's you know planted by streams of living water to bear fruit in its season, um, that's something we should all be striving for. But um, that's something that has been encouraging to me lately. But I don't know where you're going with that.
0: No. So I was gonna go to um, 118 chapters later, Psalm 119.
1: 119.
0: Yeah, the <laughs> longest um, chapter in the Bible. Rest- Describing delight in God's word, delight Mm -hmm. in his authority over you. Mm. That's very important because now even everything that we've talked about as far as the the heart that's deceitful above all things, the emotions Mm -hmm. that go haywire, the bitterness that may happen, the hurt Mm -hmm. that may happen. You can dwell in honesty with those things, knowing that your delight in his statutes are guardrails for you. Mm -hmm. You're going to need to be reminded of them. You're going to need to go back to them and there're going to be times that things sting to hear the truth mm-hmm. but over time it's going to be like sweet honey to you mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. you hear his truth to you even if it admonishes you mm-hmm. you know it's for your good right you know it's 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 sanctifying you this is the will of the lord mm-hmm. your sanctification right mm-hmm. and, and so I, yeah, that's a big point you made as far as delighting um in his in his word and in his law mm-hmm. for us
1: and i wonder um I think before we sign off, just if you had like any words of encouragement or advice for those who are feeling alone yeah. or who are not um, in a healthy body or still dealing with church hurt mm-hmm. um, or, yeah, are just still struggling to find that like minded, healthy congregation or even yeah. like like minded believers. Right.
0: Well, so yeah, I would say this. Um, and it goes back to the expectation, this expectation mm-hmm. of ideal. Mm-hmm. Um. I think a lot of false ideas about the ideal has led us down uh, undesirable paths. An example would be diversity. You know, diversity is put out there, diversity, diversity, diversity um, for the sake of diversity to be the ideal church. Well, the ideal church is the church. And we'll see that in glory. (laughs) The church is diverse Mm -hmm. and, and diverse means more than a skin color. So it's diverse already, but this, uh, this, this Mm -hmm. idea that you need to be a part of the ideal church. And then that gives this clock and everything else. um, And that may give anxiety. It may give worry, Mm -hmm. trust the Lord, seek Mm -hmm. what his word says, Mm -hmm. choose churches wisely. If you are currently in a church where you're questioning things, have those conversations in love, humility, but in truth, you have to have Mm -hmm. them. You Mm -hmm. do not keep it to yourself. Do not keep it built up talk about those things. Um, and the Lord will provide insights in those moments. Mm -hmm. If there's leadership that doesn't want to talk about that, you're getting some answers. Mm -hmm. Um, you're getting Mm -hmm. some answers and, and he provides for his people. He provides for his people. The grass gets dressed, the animals get fed. His children are going to be taken care of. He will build his church. Um, so, uh, just trust him in that. And as, as you're seeking those things, there was, uh, last thing that I was going to say that I just lost, oh, old age, um,
1: or having a newborn.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I know, but yeah, uh, the you sleep know, sleep deprivation. That that that's what I that's what I'll, I'll leave with people. Uh-huh. Um, to uh, be encouraged by that that He cares for His people, um, uh-huh. and He will take care of you. Um, and the ideal, uh, church. Uh, is the church, the body you're a part of currently as a believer in Mm -hmm. Christ. You might not experience it right now. That's what I was going to say. Thank you, Lord. Um, Because on this side of glory, uh, if we have this expectancy to always have the ideal, that's a lie Mm -hmm. from the enemy. Charles Mm -hmm. Spurgeon preached a sermon called Satan's Banquet. He -hmm. preached a sermon called Satan's Banquet, uh, and it was based off of the wedding feast in Matthew where Mm -hmm. Jesus turns water into wine and then the wedding uh, guest of honor comes up to the wedding host and says, wow, you saved the best wine for last. Everybody knows that you serve the worst wine. And when everybody's drunk and has their fill, um, I'm sorry, everybody knows that you serve the best wine first. And then when everybody's drunk and had their fill, you can just serve that cheap stuff and no one cares, Mm -hmm. but you've waited to serve the best wine last. And he was saying, that's how Satan entices you. He delivers up what's best first Mm. so that you can be drunk off of this ideal today. And when the ideal Mm. isn't seeing, you're not seeing the ideal today, you grow tired and you grow weary and everything else. Or you can just get drunk off the ideal today. But Mm. for those who are in Christ, we are living a life of, though we have a foretaste of the good, we're living a life of the bitter today. Mm. And so even if you're in isolation and you're lonely, or you feel like you don't have the Christian community you would like to have drink of the Lord's goodness in his scripture and in time with him, resting with him while you are just tasting on the bitter today. Mm -hmm. The Lord has given the bitter first to his children and he Mm -hmm. saves the best for last. You are a part of a community that will be actualized in glory. He'll give Mm -hmm. you a foretaste of it. Pray for it. Seek him. Mm -hmm. Even for those, I'll be praying for you all, even though I don't know your names, that he will send you brothers and sisters that Mm -hmm. you can just relate to and relax with and have fun and have Mm -hmm. great conversations, have good Mm -hmm. stakes with, whatever it is, prayer with, cry Mm -hmm. with, be able to Mm -hmm. cry. Some people can't cry. They can't release their pain, right? And -hmm. so that's a gift to be able to cry. Um, Mm -hmm. All of those things, the ideal will be in glory. Be comforted by that. You belong to it. And he bought you with his blood.
1: Thanks, Brandon. Yeah. It's a very set your mind on things that are above and on the things that are below. Yeah. And that's ultimately where our hope is. Yes. Um, especially in these situations. And I know for me personally, it's been many years before we arrived at the church that we are now. But I think of all the nights that I prayed and that my heart <laughs> desperately longed for and desired for fellowship with sisters Mm. that loved him. And now that I have that, I look back and I see God's goodness Mm. and mercy and grace sustaining me through that. And I see now where he has brought me and I, I can't even put into words the immense gratitude I have. Um, and knowing that the Lord heard my prayers and my cries all those years, um, I didn't know when this would happen. I didn't know when this w- when mm. this would come to fruition if it would in this lifetime, but I see God's goodness.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and I just think of how his goodness and mercy is following us, whether we see it actualized like you said in this life and we get a taste of it, yeah. or in the one to come. Yeah. And I think that's our ultimate hope as Christians. Um, as much as we would desire to see it happen on this e- in this on this earth, um we still have ultimate hope in yeah. glory.
0: Amen. So, Amen.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, I think that's a good note to, yeah. to yeah. finish the conversation Absolutely. on. Thank you for uh, making the time.